0: So this morning, um, we're going to look at Genesis 1. The whole chapter, I think I put through chapter 2, verse 4, but we're just going to go through verse 3. That's for you. Um, So, you'll find it on the screen behind me if you've got it with you. You'll find it on the screen in front of you if you're with us at home uh, or who knows where you are. Uh, You could be anywhere because it's online. That's the weird thing. Um, So, Genesis 1. The whole chapter. And I'm really kind of looking forward to this because this is, uh, d- 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 there's so much you could say about Genesis chapter one. I mean, we can't even scratch the surface this morning, but um, it's one of the most important, I think, uh, chapters of scripture in the Bible. It's all over the rest of the Bible, it's not just here. Uh, you find references to it literally everywhere. Um, so, it's good to to sort of live through it every once in a while. So we're going to do that, Genesis 1. Um, we'll go through chapter 2, verse 3. So before we read, let's pray together. God, thank you again uh, for an opportunity to open your word, your book, your, your words to us. Uh, come Holy Spirit upon us, we pray that you would open us up Help us to see, help us to hear. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear. Thank you, Spirit, for hovering here in this place. Create something new in us. Amen. So Genesis 1. Now, just listen to how, as I read it, uh, l- l- there's, this, there's a certain cadence to it. There's a certain rhythm to it. There's a certain, uh, I don't know, it's like a, uh, like an, a, a, like a, a joyful dance happening here um, that I think is awesome. So is really, it's really, it's a big, giant poem, poetic. Uh, so here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. And God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water over it, above it. And it was so. And God called the expanse sky, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. And let dry ground appear, and it was so. was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teams according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number." fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every other living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food and it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all his work and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We'll go that far. (laughs) So good. Isn't it? It's such a wonderful piece of artwork. God said, and it was so, and it was good. And God said, and it was so, and it was good. And God said, and it was so, and it was good, and it was good. It was very good. That word good is important. Tov is the word in Hebrew. Now, when we think about that word good, we, we think of it much like the ancient Greeks did. The way that they thought about this idea of good was that things, people, things, stuff was just good intrinsically, good in and of itself, or good was something that we, we can strive for, that we can sort of go after goodness. But the Hebrews, the ancient Hebrews, and still today, think of goodness very differently. See, say, they see the world as and everything in it as very interconnected. So it's not just that things or people are good in and of themselves, but it's also the ties between things. That are good. Right? So they saw the world, creation, and everything in it as, as the goodness of it, depend the goodness of the whole dependent on the good depends on the goodness of the in-between of each individual part and the relationship between them. So goodness wasn't just something that you were and you strove for. It's if everything that has been created is doing the thing that it was meant to do and everything is working together as a whole, that's where the goodness is because it's like, a, it's like this mix of stuff all humming together and doing what they've been created to do. That is what is good in the beginning. In the beginning. I love it that the Scriptures start this way. In the beginning. Because beginnings are things that, that, that we experience all the time on a regular basis. We're all familiar with beginnings. For instance, uh, it's the morning. It's the beginning of a new day. It's not only just the morning. It's Sunday morning. Which means it's the beginning of a new week. We're nine days into 2022. We're still at the beginning of 20. 22, there's so much to come. We don't know what. We don't know what lies ahead, but it's coming. Last week, Monday, Ames School District started school again. And in a week or so, they're going to start the second semester, the beginning of another semester. Beginnings are things that we experience all the time. There are other kinds of beginnings too. A new job, that's a new beginning. New responsibilities at an old job. Another beginning. Maybe it's a new church. Maybe it's a new home. Maybe it's a new baby. Maybe it's another baby. Maybe it's a brand new spouse sitting by your side. Maybe it's an empty nest or an empty nest that's coming in the beginning. Beginnings are kind of fun, aren't they? I think they're fun because there's so much excitement, there's so much expectation, there's so much to look forward to in the beginning. But beginnings don't always come easy. Sometimes beginnings are, are hard, because most of the time beginnings come with a whole whole new set of questions. How am I going to do in school this semester? I've got all kinds of new classes, and it's going to be a different mix of students. Maybe I'll make some new friends. Will I like my new job? Will I thrive in the workplace? How will I handle the new responsibilities that I get at my current job? How am I going to learn how to do this new parenting thing without screwing up the life of another little person? How do I do this? How am I going to be a good spouse? Like we've been married for almost 22 years, Renee, and I'm still thinking about the next 22, if we get that together, if I last that long. Am I, what kind of a spouse Am I going to be? How are you going to handle this empty nest thing? How are you going to handle this retirement thing? What are you going to do with all that time in the beginning? Beginnings come with all sorts of new questions. Questions we don't know the answers to. And we just sort of have to figure it out as we go, as we make our way. In other words, in the beginning, beginnings come with what Genesis calls. Tohu avohu, those are Hebrew words. They're the Hebrew words behind our words, formless and empty. Tohu avohu, beginnings come with what we might call chaos. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now earth was formless and void and empty and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The earth was formless and empty darkness was over the face of the deep formless empty tohu avohu no order darkness in the beginning there was chaos in our beginnings chaos is something we all confront period there's not a person in here there's not a person watching online who's exempt from a little tohu avohu from a little chaos in life One of the most chaotic times for me in life was my freshman year in college. I had it all figured out, like totally figured out. I knew what I was going to do, I knew what I was going to be, and it was going to be awesome. I was going to be a doctor. That's how it all was going to be laid out. I loved biology. I loved taking care of people. It was a perfect fit. You put those things together, and it makes perfect sense, right? There was no doubt in my mind about it. In fact, my sister was already charting the course. She's a doctor now. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's where I'm going to go. And then I took this little class called chemistry. (laughs) Anybody take chemistry in college? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I don't know why. It's the only class I ever struggled with in a bad way. I wound up getting a C, which is a problem. The only C I ever got. Not bragging, just saying. It's the only C I ever got. And that's a problem. Because if I was going to get into med school, I needed at least an A-. So all of a sudden, (laughs) tohu. Avohu, complete chaos. My foundation was totally shattered. I didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do, formlessness, emptiness, darkness, chaos. I now had to think again about that question, what am I going to be when I grow up? Chaos. In our beginnings, there's always a little chaos, always a little tohu avohu. Whether it's a new school year, whether it's a new school, a new house, a new home, a new baby, a new job, a new day, right? Remember when the pandemic started? Tohu avohu, anyone? Remember how chaotic? In some ways, we're still experiencing it. Chaos, tohu avohu, darkness, formlessness, empty. We had to figure out, because we couldn't do this, we had to figure out how to stream the thing online. And we were scrambling. We were like, what? And so we started out with a phone on a tripod, and it was weird. Tohu, avohu. Beginnings always come with questions we can't always answer. They always come with a little bit of chaos. Is there any part of your life that feels a little tohu avohu-y right now? Are you feeling a little chaos? In any place. If you are, if you're feeling that chaos, you're not alone because there's not a person in the world who's exempt from a little tohu of from a little chaos. But I also want us to notice something else about this creation story. Right? While no one's exempt from chaos, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily, notice that God never calls the chaos bad or the chaos Evil. Evil doesn't even enter into the world until what? Genesis chapter 3. So before we talk about what people like to call original sin, we got to talk about original goodness. Back in Genesis chapter 1, chaos can be good without the chaotic mess that I felt, inner turmoil that I went through in my freshman year of college. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Let's notice something else in the story of creation. When does God speak? When there's chaos. From where does the voice of God boom? From out of the chaos. See, sometimes it's out of the chaos that the voice of God is most clearly heard. Maybe in God's completely unpredictable plan for each and every one of our lives maybe a little tohu of ohu is just the beginning of the creation of something new it's just the beginning of creativity let's go a little deeper than that sometimes it feels like god is distant when we're experiencing chaos most of the time when we're experiencing chaos it feels like where did god go what's happening? But the creation story reminds us that God is still intimately present. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the middle of all the chaos, in the middle of all the tohu of ohu, God puts God's breath, God's wind, God's Spirit to work. God speaks, "Ah, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Let's think for a moment about speaking. Let's think about the mechanics of it. Let's think about how intimate the thing that we're engaged in right now really actually is. Because it's one of the most intimate, present things that we do. So let's think about the mechanics here. Right now as I speak, my diaphragm is literally pushing air, pushing my wind, my breath from out of my lungs through my vocal cords, housed in this little thing we like to call the voice box. Those vocal cords are vibrating, causing sound waves to be produced. And at the same time, my mouth and tongue are moving in such a way that they're forming words, words that you can actually understand. And we learn this from a very young age, little people. We begin forming words with the wind coming out of our mouths, Now, here's why speaking is intimate. The sound waves are traveling through the air at an incredible rate of speed, eventually making their way to your outer ear. Even y'all watching at home, the words that I'm speaking are creating sound waves that are some way traveling through the interwebs and coming through a speaker out of that, and your your outer ear is catching them. How does that work? I don't know. It's a miracle. It's amazing. It's crazy. Your outer ear is then funneling those sound waves into your inner ear. And it's your tympanic membrane. Remember learning this? Your tympanic membrane is now vibrating. It's moving because of what I'm doing. Your inner ear is moving. Your tympanic membrane is vibrating three little tiny bones. Remember these bones? The hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. Those bones are causing little hair cells to move along with another membrane resting on top of them. Those hair cells are transforming the mechanical movements into neural stimulation. What? Your nerves are bringing that stimulation to the brainstem, which is now transmitting that energy to your cortex, the portion of your brain that decodes sound and speech and Oh my goodness, that's all happening real time, instantly. Boom. Speech is intimate, it's one of the most intimate things that we do. When I speak, I am actually making a part of you move. I'm in your ear, I'm in your head. (laughs) That's intimacy right there. That's closeness right there God put God's spirit to work and God said let there be light and there was light and God said and it was so and it was good and God said and it was so and it was good when God speaks things happen when God speaks you exist when God speaks you move that's how intimate God is with every single one of us from out of the chaos God spoke and God said and a universe was born so friends, don't fight the chaos. Don't fight the tohu Ohu. It's not necessarily a bad thing. The unanswered questions that cause chaos, don't fight the questions. Embrace them. Right? Live into the chaos. Maybe even lean into it and rest easy in it, knowing that the Spirit of God is right there hovering so close. Be still and listen well. It's only a matter of time before God speaks and transforms that chaos into the creation of something beautiful. Something new. And now I think we're going to talk about what I think is the most mysterious, greatest, miraculous part of this whole creation story i think it's fascinating to me so after gathering the waters into one place and calling them seas this is in verse 11 god says let the land produce vegetation seed bearing plants and trees in the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds and it was so the land produced vegetation hey land why don't you get in on this thing Make some trees and vegetation and vines and grass and whatever, seed-bearing plants. You know what I'm talking about. Get in on this. Hey, land, work with me. And then in verse 24, and God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground and wild animals according to their kind. And it was so. And God said, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply increase in number, fill the earth, subdue. You get that? God said, let the land produce, and it was so. God said, let the land produce, and it was so. Let human beings multiply, increase in number, and fill the earth, and it was so very good. You get it? In other words, I think the biggest, most mysterious, miraculous thing about this whole creation story is that once creation is created, once created, creation gets in on the act of creating. Creation gets in on the act of creating. The artist creates a piece of artwork and the artwork gets to create more artwork. There's an old children's book that I love. It's called Harold and the Purple Crayon by Crockett Johnson. I was gonna read it to you, but I think it would take too much time. So instead, I'm just gonna tell you about it. So there's this little boy, Harold. He's got a purple crayon. He goes on an adventure. And in the book, it's just a blank space. You get you got Harold and he got his purple crayon. He's like, I want to go on an adventure. So what does he do? He creates one for himself. He draws with his purple crayon this little path that he can go on. And he starts walking down the path, and it takes too long. He's like, why is the path so long? So he creates a a shortcut, right? And he goes on all this adventure. He, He does all sorts of different things, but he creates with his purple crayon what's next. He found himself hungry, so he created himself a picnic with all nine kinds of pie that he knew and pretty soon he realized there's too much pie here there's too much food here i'm never going to eat it all on its own so it's going to go to waste so what does he do he draws a couple of animals to help eat the pie pretty soon he finds himself climbing up a mountain and he falls off the cliff so what does he do falling through the air he draws himself a hot air balloon he found himself in the water. Drowning, he didn't know what to do, so he drew himself a boat. Harold created the solutions he needed as he made his way through an uncertain landscape through the chaos. He was creative, created new things. God said, let the land produce, and it was so. God said, let human beings rule, over the earth and the animals and it was so it's amazing not only is God intimately present in our chaos but God actually wants us to create alongside of God out of the chaos in the beginning life is full of all kinds of beginnings and I've said it before but I'm just going to say it again the chaos of the last two years around here and in the world has been hard it's been so hard and right now at renew community it feels like again this is a new beginning we're in some ways starting all over we get to create together all of us something new with God not just something but something good where it's not just that people are good or the church is good but it's the space in between where people get to come and learn and grow and flourish and serve and give of themselves in order to in order to create something new in the world life is full of new beginnings all the time. Every day we pick up our heads off the pillow and put our feet on the ground. It's a a new beginning. There's so much excitement. There's so much expectation. There's so much to look forward to, but there's also a little tohu of ohu, a little chaos. Let's just kind of live into it for a while. Let's live into the chaos and uncertainty because we know that God is with us. We know that God will never leave us, ever. We know that God is intimately with us. So let's pick up our crayons together. Maybe it's purple. Maybe it's red. Maybe it's blue. Maybe it's yellow. Maybe it's green. I bet we've got the whole rainbow of color in here. Let's pick up our crayons and let's create something new something beautiful, because God is with us, and sooner or later, God's going to speak. He's going to nudge you and me and us together where He wants us to go. I think we can count on that, and when God does that, let's go all out. Let's use our imaginations, because God actually wants us to work with Him in the act of creating something beautiful. So let's do that together. Let's pray.